Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 46. Man, we're getting up there. We're moving uh, along, man. We're dang near a year. We are. Scary. Yeah, we're close to a year doing this. Welcome back. Good to see you. Yes, you too. I feel like I just saw you yesterday because I did. Yeah, it was fun. We had a nice time. Yes. We We went out with some friends. Occasionally, we hang out socially, you know? Yeah. We don't actually know anyone else besides each other. Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, Before we get started, I want to mention last week I was talking about how Netflix has this top 10 list of the most popular things that are streaming that day. I couldn't find it. I go on to Netflix now. It's the first thing that pops up. So I knew it would be. There it is. Now, the whole list pops up or the flags pop up? Because I see like, oh, The Office is number two television show. in The The whole list. 10 right in a row. Huh. Right under continue watching, the next one underneath that for me was uh, most popular, and it listed the date. Okay, well, that's news to me. I just I've seen the little flags, but it seems kind of random, so I don't know. I have to look more closely, I guess. All right, let's get going. Sure. What do you got, Joe? Well, something we both watched. Yes. Pete Davidson's Netflix stand-up special, Alive from New York. Mm-hmm. Now, Pete Davidson. Uh, a lot of people wonder what he does on SNL because he's hardly in anything and he's not great he has no characters well he has one character what's that chad is that the guy that just goes okay yeah that's his way yeah (laughs) that's him that's that's his one character okay that's it that's all he's got right and then he shows up in occasional skits supporting and then you know comes on the news to bitch and complain about his life and that's the thing when he comes on um weekend update he's basically just doing stand-up because he stares right down the barrel of the camera and he just does stand-up yeah I have no idea what he's doing on the show. As a stand-up comic, I'll get right to it. I think he's great, dude. I really think he's good. Uh, he reminds me of Louis C.K. meets Dave Chappelle. I think he's funny. I think his voice is really good. He's self-deprecating. He's he's not mean to anyone else, uh, but he's mean to himself. I loved I felt like I was watching a Louis special. I loved it. I felt like I was watching someone in a, like a sloppy open mic. Really? A lot of it, I was like, and I shouldn't be like this. I feel like I could come up with better tags for his jokes. There's missed opportunities in his bits, and it's not fully formed yet. He'll get somewhere, and I'm like, is that it? I shouldn't be watching a stand-up special thinking. It should be completely entertaining to me, and I shouldn't be like questioning it. But I feel like it was like I'm watching my buddy up on stage do a set and when he gets off I'm going to go hey that was really good how about try some of these things at the end for this bit or that and I felt like I could have done that for him in this set because nothing seemed polished it seems like these bits were like you know work in progress and he hadn't really finished them off yet see that's what I like because Louis seems the same way but you know that he's he is polished but unpolished is his jam it's his shtick. Right. Here's the thing. Most of these Netflix specials, you know, you see these guys in, in the clubs and stuff. You know, Theo Vaughn's a good example. And it's one thing. And then you see their Netflix special and you're like, what is this? Like, you know, you're making a TV show, obviously. Like, uh, do your club set. Like, be funny. Be in the moment. And this was, like was very much like a club set. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was super in the moment. He was present. He was doing stand up in a club. It just happened to be filmed versus uh, and, and Chappelle is the same way and Louis is the same way versus uh, some other stuff where you're like, oh, this is so produced. They probably took like six takes of every joke and picked the best one. I thought it was. I thought it was raw, and it was really. It cool. was definitely raw. I mean, there's moments where he like tries out a joke that he's never even done before, and he goes, "This is going to get cut right now. We're cutting this. I, I don't want." He, yeah, but that's I, not. He's I rehearsed. Know. It's rehearsed. I, you think, well, he does a great job, though. It's seeming like he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, so do we. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like it so much. Yeah, probably you can relate. Speaking of Louis C.K., though, for me, the best bit was the opening bit. Where he, where he talks about Louis C.K. trying to get him fired from SNL for smoking weed. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like... <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, it's a good way to start out the special. I think it goes all downhill from there. I did like, you know, he does a little bit of political stuff. You know, he got into some trouble because he made fun of Dan Crenshaw, who lost an eye in... The I, congressman I, with the eye patch that lost it in uh, combat. Yeah. And so uh, he, he does some good stuff about that. I thought everything he did was tasteful but also like kind of edgy. I don't know, man. I just loved it. Well, I'm glad you did. I thought as a stand-up show, it was okay. I didn't think it was anything great. What I liked more was the behind the scenes of things because there's things that should happen like the Dan Crenshaw thing, like with Ariana Grande, the things you see in his life. And he like pulls the curtain back to give his side of the story, which I thought was pretty interesting. But I don't think it was like, oh my God, man, you got to watch this because it's so hilarious. I didn't think it was. It wasn't Chappelle, any of Chappelle's four no, specials. Nothing is. That came out in the same week or whatever crazy. Nothing's going to be like that. It just yeah. seemed very raw. Clearly you like that. My thing is when you're doing a stand-up special, it should be as presentational and, you know, on the money as possible. I guess this is more like, all right, I got some cameras. I'm going to do a stand-up special where I am right now with this set. And hopefully you like it, yeah. right? It's not like he's like I gone on some long ass tour and he's been, you know, here it is. Everything I've been working on all, you know, super perfect. Ta-da. No, it was more like, all right, here's me. You could catch me doing this on any Friday or Saturday night. This is my set. Yeah. I mean, we, we already said it a couple of times, but the thing I liked about it was that it did seem raw and in the moment and. I guarantee you that it was not as raw or as in the moment as it seemed, which is a talent and unto itself. It's kind of like a Norm MacDonald type of thing where you're like, oh, he's just stumbling through his thing. But then you hear him do it the next night and it's like, oh, it's exactly the same. It's like, oh, he rehearses his uh, foibles, you know? Yeah. I think it's a binge. I can imagine what you're going to say. Before I give my final verdict, I also want to mention this was produced by the guy that produces the toys that made us and the movies that made us. Brian Volk Weiss. Oh, he's a Netflix, uh, he's got a holding deal or something? Probably, but he, he, he executive produces along with Pete Davidson. Okay. Well, how hard is that to produce a comedy special? How hard is it to produce a comedy special? I'm asking you. I don't know, right? I'm always like, ooh, it was produced by, and I'm like, what did they just say? Hey, we got ourselves a stage and, and, and a camera and some lights. You know? Four cameras, you shoot it from four different places, and you fix it in post. Hey, I can set up four cameras somewhere and you know put up a stand-up special. We all could, right? I'm well, saying, what's the real magic to that, the real work involved? Other than it. probably you've got a deal somewhere, and that makes you the executive producer because you have a deal to get the distribution for it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, having done a little bit of producing myself, a lot of it's just making sure the trains run on time. And that's the, actually the hardest part of the whole thing. There you go. Well, yeah. thanks. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to say it's a purge. And I'm going to say it's a binge. So there you go. Get these two buttons and one reveal. Great. Okay. All right. So that's Pete Davidson's special on Netflix, Alive from New York. And by the way, you know why he named it that? Well, it's a takeoff of Live from New York. It's Saturday night. Yeah, but also he was like uh, going to kill himself probably a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. He was suicidal or something. Yeah. He didn't get into that, though. That would have been interesting. Yeah, he could have gotten a little more personal, but he is alive and uh, it was from New York. So the title makes sense. Okay. Moving on. You got something. I have no idea what it is. Go ahead. Yes, I have a new Netflix original series. It just came out. It is seven episodes. They average anywhere from 20 to 28 minutes each. So they're real short. Not a lot of commitment here. And it is called I Am Not Okay With This. It's a teenage coming of age high school story about a girl who has uh, telekinetic rage. And is dealing with it. Like uh, uh, Stranger Things? Yep, like Eleven on Stranger Things and like, you know, Carrie. You know, Stephen King's Carrie yeah, and Sissy pig, Spacek. Pig blood. Yeah. yeah, it's the same show. It's like Carrie except uh, with like a John Hughes spin to it. Ugh. Didn't you say this is a spinoff of something? It's not a spinoff, but it's from the same guy that made The End of the Effing World, which I thoroughly enjoyed season one of. And then executive produced by Sean Levy, who produces Stranger Things. Let's get these guys together and make something. They did, and it's doing pretty well review-wise, but I think it's I think it's a bit boring and nothing really new is brought. Despite really good performances by your three leads, Sophia Lillis, Wyatt Olaf, and Sophia Bryant. Wait, they're both named Sophia? I'm sure that wasn't confusing on set. Those are the three leads. Sophia plays the girl, Sydney, with the telekinetic rage. And uh, Wyatt is her on-again, off-again friend, boyfriend, whatever, that's like helping her deal with it. Both of them were in It. So I feel like, who is, where have I seen this girl from? She was the red-headed the girl new, in the It. The new It. Yes. With not uh, the, the Sarsgaard or whatever. Yes, not the one with Tim Curry on ABC. The, the It movie. And like I said, Wyatt is in it as well. They're both in It, and they're both in this. I don't know, man. It's just stuff I've seen in John Hughes movies mashed together with like a little supernatural thing. I thought it was kind of dull. I kept waiting for it to get really good. I liked where it took place. It didn't take place in L.A. You know, it took wow. place in like, I know, ama- amazing, right? It took place in like a, like a steel town, like a Pittsburgh. Toronto. It's in Pennsylvania. No, no. The setting is great. The setting is very real. It looks like this, this town that time forgot. You know, it's just really like one of those towns out in the middle of nowhere. So Atlanta, they filmed it in Atlanta, probably. They filmed it in Pittsburgh. No kidding. Yeah, they went on location, wow. and it. I love the look of it. It's surprising. You know, I, I like that it has a realism to it. Like, okay, cool, but it it just didn't really add up for much. I watched it in two sittings. Like I said, you can fly through it. To me, though, it never really grabbed me, despite of the good performances. I guess I wanted something more. Nothing really you haven't seen before. And something made me laugh. There's a football scene. They're watching, you know, the high school guys play football. 
Yeah. There's a tackle noise. You're like, oh, all right. It's from the Apple sound effects library because I've used it in some videos that I made for the Buffalo oh, Bills. Like Final Cut Pro. Or yeah. Something. So I, I, I was like, wait a minute. What do I, so, I, so I pause and I play it back. I'm like, sure enough, that's like this audio clip that I have used over and over again of someone being tackled. You mean this? Quick caveat. There's a... You know, I, I make like some songs and stuff sometimes for fun. And there is this, uh, remember Jessica Simpson's version of these boots were made for walking. Yes. The banjo sample out of that straight from garage band. Really? Yeah. So I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It, it is kind of funny. It's like, Hey, uh, most people are going to catch Maybe not most people, 20% of people are going to catch that. Anyway, do all these people have British accents by any chance? No, they're all American. Okay. Do they have British accents though in the thing? No, it takes place in like a steel town in in oh. Pennsylvania. No one should have a British accent. Now, again, this is based on a comic book by the same guy who did the comic book, The End of the Effing World. So there's a lot of similarities, especially with like you know the two leads, the boy and the girl, and they're kind of outcasts. They're not you know popular in any way. Now, I like The End of the Effing World because it took him on a road trip, took him on a journey. This stays within the high school milieu, and it, it felt like it gets stuck there. Like, I, I wanted more. I, I wanted it to go somewhere instead of just staying in the town, in the high school. Like, the homecoming dance is coming up. You can see where everything is going. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has, it's 82% fresh with the critics and 85 with the audiences. Wow. It's not, it's not bad. I'm just saying, for me, it just wasn't enough. I was like, eh, I was a little bored with it. Yeah. Well, one thing I just realized while you were describing this, I think that this would be a great name for the sequel to It. I'm going to let the silence play there. <laughs> How is what this? That'd be a better name than It 2. Chapter 2. Or that. That would be a good name for a sequel for It. Wow. Anyway. Hit that button again. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Moving on. Okay, anyway, I am not okay with this. Pretty good, but not good enough for me. It's a purge. Okay, so Demo says purge. I am not okay with this Netflix original series. Kind of surprised me. I thought you would have liked that. I thought I would too. Like it's like it's not bad, not bad. Maybe you, you, know, you enjoy it. To me, I guess I'm sort of over teenage stuff. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? How much Thank teenage God. things can I watch? I'm not a big fan. Know. You know, yeah. and and I thought because this was going to be in the vein of the end of the effing world, it would be a little more risky or daring. And it, it sort of just followed the same high school tropes that I'm sick of. This is kind of like 13 Reasons Why season four or whatever. I, I've never watched that. Okay. I don't know. Well, that's a good example of just uh, I mean, Twilight without the plot. Okay, you have an ad there? I've just been handed something, Joe. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, filmmakers. This is the ad, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not you, Joe. I know you're a filmmaker, but yeah. I'm, I'm reaching out to others now. Okay, thanks. Okay. Hey, filmmakers, if you've managed to get your terrible, independent film into a legitimate film festival, you know what? Maybe this is directed at you. Yeah, I know. It totally is. <laughs> I've used this service before, I, I, so I, it is. Right. I'll, okay. If you've managed to get your terrible, independent film into a legitimate film festival, then you know that they require a DCP file. That's a fancy way of encoding a video file so that it plays on a real theater screen. Right now, there's one company that dominates the DCP creation market, gives kickbacks to festivals, and they charge $10 a minute plus outrageous rush fees. Best DCP is different. 
They know that money is tight and festival expenses can add up even faster than production expenses. Best DCP rates start at just $4 a minute for stereo and $5 a minute for 5.1 surround sound. Visit bestdcp.com today or find them on Facebook to get your terrible film, probably about 20-somethings trying to find their way in Hollywood, ready for its theatrical debut. Again, that's bestdcp.com. I like that idea. Twenty somethings trying to figure it out in Hollywood. We should we should uh, do something about that. Yeah, we really should. It's never been it's done. never been done before. Ugh. All right, what do you got, Joe? One more. Come on, let's do it. Okay, let's punch this thing home. This is going to really take a turn for the the sad. Oh, though. wonderful! Just what I want to end on a sad note. It's one of the top ten things on Netflix right now. Ooh, is it on my list of trending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. This is called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. It's a uh, six-episode docu-series, about one hour long each. Gabriel Fernandez was an eight-year-old boy who was beaten to death by his uh, mother and um, more so uh, her boyfriend. Oh, wait! I know about this in the news! Yeah, this happened like five, four, three, four years ago. He was found murdered in May of 2013. Oh, this is awful! Yeah. I can't watch this. Netflix. I mean, it was bad enough hearing the reports in the news about it. Like, I followed this. I yeah. did because it was so shocking. We're not going to get into the graphic details, but this wasn't like a, a little uh, little kid ran out into traffic and someone swatted his butt. This is like uh, months and, and like over a year of like cigarettes and BB guns and just bizarre, disgusting, Ugh. awful, awful stuff. Now, so far, I've given you no reason to watch it. Here's the thing that I found some hope in from this docuseries. This prosecutor, John Hatami, really went after not only the social worker, but the system. Now, you live in L.A. Nothing works around here. Nothing. No systems, no bureaucracy, no government agency functions at all. None. There's barbed wire on the street signs so people can't spray paint them in the middle of the night. I mean, this place is a third world country, basically. Yeah, we're, we're just short of having martial law imposed. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> no, but I mean, Ben Carson told uh, the mayor he's bringing people to, to fix this homeless stuff. 60,000 homeless people in L.A., uh, 20,000 in, in New York. Yeah, plus, L.A. Plus. sucks. It's it, a disaster. It's, it's broken. Yeah. The system's broken. The Child Protective Service is no different. It's broken. This boy's teacher called uh, Child Protective Services, I think it's called something else, DCFS or something. Yes, DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services. She called multiple times and said, hey, this kid's showing up to school, like, beaten up. Not just, like, smacked, but, like, beaten. And uh, something's going on. The teacher called in, uh, other social workers called in. All this stuff happened, and people just processed paperwork. I mean, this whole town functions like the DMV. Nobody cares about anything. Next. Yeah, next. Exactly. Take a ticket. And, and there's a lot of blame to go around in this whole thing. But this guy, um, Hatami, he not only went after the, the mother and the boyfriend, who, who, spoiler alert, the boyfriend is now sentenced to death mm -hmm. for this, yep. and the mother is serving life with no parole. Yep. So that's good. I remember all this, man. Yeah. Not only that, they charged four social workers with manslaughter or something like that. They basically put the whole system on trial because they're like, there's no reason this should have happened. Now, this, this boy lived, I think, in Lancaster or Palmdale or something. Palmdale. The worst part of the whole documentary was that after this was all over, 
like two months later, same thing happened. Another uh, kid was abused to death. Mm. And it's like, hey, if you guys are going to let people die on your watch, you're going to get prosecuted. So I did like that they went after the system. Here's the thing about this. Uh, I do not recommend that you watch this because it's very disturbing. I mean, we try to make, make jokes and have some levity here. Yeah. But it's disgusting what these people did uh, to this kid. And it happens all the time. Ugh. This one happened to get a documentary made about it. Yeah. I like that this guy uh, went after the system. He said, hey, bureaucrats and you people who just push papers around all day, wake up. Wake the F up. Yeah. As a doc series, though, how is it? Oh, very good. It's, it's well made. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well produced. It's it's cool. I mean, everything is is good about it, but it's it will drag you down, man. It's it's sad, especially. I I didn't hear anything about it. I don't think I lived here when this happened, but very oh, so sad. you weren't aware of this? No, I had no idea. Oh, it, it just kept popping up on my thing, and Netflix forced me to watch it. Basically, well, when I was mentioning, you know, the top ten for the day, this is at number one. Yeah. So a lot of people are watching this. Well, this is a great uh, documentary, not only about this case, but about uh, how things work in L.A. and how it's just gotten too big for anything to function. And uh, I, I like that this guy, John Hatami, seems to be like a human being mm-hmm. and goes after that system and says, hey, this isn't working. What's the verdict, Joe? Oh, it's uh, whew. man, if you like true crime, if you want to get down and dirty into some uh, some disturbing stuff. Then it's a binge because it's really well made. But it's depressing, man. If you're, I mean, it's not something you want to come home and watch after work. You know, you want to spend an afternoon, a rainy afternoon or something. Then, Watching uh, Pete Davidson talk about his big dick. I'd say watch the Pete Davidson thing before <laughs> this. Uh, anyway, the trials of Gabriel Fernandez and may he rest in peace. It was very sad. He seemed like a very sweet boy and his parents were monsters and the system really screwed him and uh, probably screws thousands of people a year. And hopefully that's going to change now because of this type of awareness campaign that this docuseries was made for. So I appreciate it from that perspective. All right. Wrap it up, Joe. Okay. Instagram at Binge or Purge podcast. Twitter at Binge or Purge. Facebook Binge or Purge. Binge or Purge podcast at Gmail. Recommend stuff to us. We, we want to hear from... Uh, the listeners want to hear if you think that we're right or wrong. Also, uh, before I go, I want to give a shout out to listener John Fiorella. His uh, handle is Untamed Cinema on Twitter. He does little reviews of our shows for us. He gives us little recaps. Oh, really? He puts together uh, a picture like montage of us. You know, he what? photo he photoshops weird pictures of us together. Where is this? It's on Twitter. Oh, I don't have Twitter. I retweet them and everything. They're most appreciated. They're very funny. He does weird little things. He, he listens to the episode. He takes elements of the shows we talked about and like incorporates us into them. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's really great, and we really appreciate it. I, huh. I, haven't, I, I haven't told you about this? No, I have no idea. Anyway, John Fiorella, he's a listener. Follow him on Twitter at Untamed Cinema, and we appreciate uh, the the listening and the uh, the little contributions that he makes. Side note, I talked to uh, my parents, or I talked to my mom uh, last night. My dad was in the background. And she goes, I listened to your, uh, your latest, uh, what is it? My dad in the background goes, iPod. And she goes, no, it's not iPod, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) 
But whatever. I mean, you know, I think I, I know what they meant. So yes. it's nice that at least two people are listening. Right on. Or three counting, uh, what's his name? So. John Fiorella. Yeah. All right. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram and Twitter at the Jessica Greer. That's it for this week. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binger Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time.